Hello and welcome to the Electronic Wireless Show, the Rock Paper Shotgun podcast, the only podcast about video games you need, in our opinion. I'm Brendan Caldwell. It is the 6th of September. We're late, sorry. But to make up for it, we have Matthew Castle. Hello. And we also have Sin Vega. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello. How you doing? Um, I'm good. How are you both doing? Kind of okay. We're sitting in a very tiny room. Very red as well. Actually. It's a very, it's a very Lynchian room. <laughs> it's a strange red room with a, a weird lamp. It's plot important somehow, but we don't know how yet. And two games journalists <laughs> talking into a big fat microphone with a sponge around it. There's a lot of we... sponge in this room, Brendy. We will reveal the significance of the room at the end of the episode. Will we? I don't know. I'm just oh trying to God, set. I'm, I'm trying to set up for a really long improvised joke at the <laughs> oh, end. Okay. Nice. But it's, I'm, gi- I'm giving us plenty of time to come up with it. Oh my God! I did have a theme, color themed room in The Sims Two, I think it was, which ties in neatly with this week's theme, doesn't it, Brent? It does. It does. Thank you. Look at that, you're a professional. I know. I'm going to tell Alice she doesn't need to come in anymore. (laughs) We are talking about red rooms in games. No, we're not. (laughs) We're talking about family in video games. Mm. Family, family, family. We're just going to uh, say family for about 45 minutes. Family. <laughs> family. That's it. <laughs> the Sims are families uh, often. Mm-hmm. And is, is that is that your choice then, Sin? Um, it's a choice. And actually, you mentioned one of the reasons why it's a choice is you mentioned it. The Sims are families, but um, my first experience of The Sims was actually the original one, playing with my cousin. And we made a a household of Sims, as you do, and we made we decided that the two of these guys that we put in this house would be brothers. But the game didn't; the original Sims didn't have any way to set up formal relationships between the Sims. They were just kind of random people squeezed into a house. So, because they were poor, as all Sims start out with basically nothing, they shared a bed, which the game interpreted. We realised when after they split into other beds, after once we got some money together. One of them started crying because he was heartbroken because he was no longer sleeping with his brother. Oh, my God. (laughs) The game had interpreted them as lovers and not as a family. Oh, my God. Imagine the implications for the four grandparents in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. (laughs) 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 Like, they're all in one bed. My God. (laughs) That's really spicy. And uh, uh, Warren Hardy used to... (laughs) You can now, like, when you... I'm guessing The Sims since then has gotten like formal connections between people. Yes, since the second game, which actually I don't think it gets enough credit for being one of the first that I'm aware of, certainly one of the first I saw, to do really detailed facial customization with sliders and that. Because pretty much prior to that, you just had like a set face list. Um, but The Sims is where you could really go to town on, you know, making someone a ridiculous chin or really prominent cheekbones and such, but uh, cheekbones. But yeah, you could also establish, you know, uh, these are a married couple, this is their son, or all that kind of business. You'd think, that would, have, you'd think so, that would have been 
like in part of the original pitch. Yeah, like that yeah. being quite a you know traditional use of a group of people in a house yeah. being the family. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think. Um... Well, you know, I, I may be remembering like that. I mean, certainly we could make them brothers, but it's possible you could only make them marry that, maybe. Oh, uh, right. I genuinely don't remember, but I do remember us thinking, oh, they're brothers, but there wasn't a way to formally do that in game. But then I think with the original Sims, they, they had no idea what they had on their hands when they made it, did they? It was, it just took off and they weren't expecting it to, and it's since become this obviously massive thing, but at the time it was just like, let's do a little game about a house and stuff. And, yeah, it's bonkers now. I had Alice showed me a bit of... Um one of the Sims expansion packs a few months ago on we did a little stream and there was this sort of like like mermaid character and you could like look you could like sort of siren call men into the <laughs> sea and then they'd be eaten by sharks and stuff. I was like, what the fuck what's what the hell is going on with this game? It's abs- absolutely baffling. And there's a new one which is all like Hogwarts apparently. Yeah. Got... Which is like magic and yeah. I'm a little surprised they haven't I mean they've gone yeah, I've gone branded with it in terms of DLC and stuff. You know, you can get like, um, I don't know, for example, IKEA can, cupboards and such. But in terms of stuff like, there's not a lot of sort of spin off things that you see in other games, like Lego or Batman stuff, you know, that doesn't tend to plug into the Sims that we're often that I'm aware of. People, oh, this has um, nothing to do with family. It doesn't have to do with talk- family. It's nothing. You're talking about IKEA now. Well, <laughs> family can enjoy IKEA. IKEA. They've got, have they got a little play bit for the kids? They've probably got a play bit for the kids. I don't know. Yeah, we've got a a Poang chair at home, which is enjoyed by both members of our family. Are you talking about mermaids and sharks? Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's the Sims. The Sims derailed us, (laughs) not us. It's the Sims that got derailed. I'd argue. But yeah, okay, I guess... Yeah, yeah, if I have to pick a single game, I suppose... um... Yeah, I go with The Sims. That's because it's that's the family generator game, isn't it? They can, I mean, it's very, I say wholesome, but it's a very light-hearted game. Although there's some really sinister stuff in now and then, but most of that is interpreted into in interpretation. Like, okay, you get people who accidentally set themselves on fire making toast, but that's still very, really, <laughs> that's that's normal family business. You know, that happens. It's it's not a big deal. In the Sims, <laughs> it does happen. Weird stuff happens. Here's a little family story that my stepdad always tells. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, I think it was like his granddad or like great uncle apparently had this little pet dog that was absolutely obsessed oh, with him. And whenever yeah. it saw him, it would just like absolutely gun for him. Yeah. And this guy was also a pilot. And apparently one day he was landing his plane and the dog saw him in the cockpit and it ran up and jumped through the rotor blades. That's the story <gasps> my stepdad told me. I don't know if it's true, but I don't... It, <laughs> It's it's a story I've heard many many times. I believe So there's a little there's a little fun family anecdote for you. Christ, That's terrible. Yeah. I was gonna say my dog was it, but that's not really. I don't know. I I hope a small one, not a big one. Yeah, it's kind of over quicker then, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> the mincing. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to damage the propeller. I was thinking more like if it's like a like an Irish wolfhound, it's gonna be in there for a good few seconds. Oh yeah. <laughs> Or like one of those, um, what's that, what are those ones with the little barrels of rum that save people Saint, in the uh, snow? Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't want to put one of them for a plane propeller. Mm. Whoosh. That'd be messy. Families. At least, at le- at least right. I, don't, I, don't, I would say, you, at least you have a stiff drink to enjoy afterwards. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Jeepers. See, this, this is the can of worms you open when you mention family. Thank you, St. Bernard's. <laughs> But would would it be 
No, I'm not going to get it. Yeah. No, no. no. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a bit too grisly for... <laughs> right. L- lesson here, you two. Yeah, sorry, Brendy. Well, I was going to tell a really funny one. About... I, I, no, it's not as... Well, that's not funny. That's kind of dramatic. <laughs> but one about my various drunken uncles falling face first into the embers of a bonfire. Oh, my God. Embers, I stress. But these, they're sat... And this is like the morning after a big party, like the big annual family bash. And two of my uncles are sat out there in deck chairs. I think they've been up all night. I mean, they're still off their head. Just what the family were like. And, you know, they're sitting there close by the fire. The embers still hot, really. You could probably cook on it. One of them just falls because he's drunk, face first into the fire. And my uncle, I think it's my uncle Frank, was sat next to him, just just, just sitting there, doesn't really react. And then my mum and one of my aunts, they're in the kitchen, and they, they look out the window and they say, bloody hell, he's, he's caught in the bloody fire. They run out there, they drag him out of the fire. He's fine, not serious. He's a bit burned, but not nothing. <laughs> and Frank's still insisting, no, he's fine. He's just warming himself. <laughs> <laughs> the killer line would be if the other uncle then said, oh, I thought something smelt good. <laughs> or, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, it was a, that was a fun... I, was, I don't think I was there, I can't even remember. But, there you go, um, Brendy. You wanted to talk about families. Yeah, I was thinking about theming this around video game families, but if we're just okay, going to talk fine. about families of our own... You didn't specify. You didn't specify. <laughs> I've got a video game family for you. Go on, please. I got, <laughs> what about the Finches from What Remains of Edith Finch? Congratulations, you have picked the first family in the list of families I wrote down in case nobody oh, came with any families. God damn it. Is that like I've hit... What's that thing where you? What's the game show where if you say the the, the like the cursed word, uh, the weakest like, link? Uh, who wants to be in there? There's um, a word. There's one where like if you say like the most obvious thing, you're like QI. Oh, that's kind of QI. Yeah, sure. yeah. But there is another one that yeah, yeah. I swear um, there used to be one, but there was like a danger word. The opposite of family fortune. Um, <laughs> yeah, Edith Finch. Like obviously, it's I mean it's fantastic because it's a great family, but you kind of don't really ever get to meet any of them. <laughs> you know, not in person because obviously. Oh, they are all dead. Uh, for the, for those that have not played Edith Finch, and this isn't this isn't a spoiler. You are uh, going to your, I believe it's your grandma's house. Um, have you inherited it? I apologise, my little hazy on that uh, on that detail. I think you've just like you you're going back to your for, ancestral for, house for for, for nostalgia reasons. purposes. Yeah, and as you explore the house, it becomes apparent that this family is cursed with terrible luck, and each member of the family has has died in a tragic way, and as you sort of go through the house, you uncover their rooms where you kind of learn about them as people, and then you kind of flash into them, into their sort of moment of death. And but they all play as like different mini games. They're they're re- it sounds trite. That makes it sound like <laughs> I, I want some someone to someone to describe it as emotional WarioWare. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. Like considering what happens to some of them, that's actually that's that's like a little too uh, glib, I think. Um, but there, what I what I love about that game is it's kind of a, almost a selection of short stories about family, and it it really made me think about how we talk about our own families and how you like mythologize mythologize people within your family like that thing with the dog and the propeller yeah. for example you know you have these anecdotes that kind of come to define you like you're not this you know especially distant relatives you know like you sort of know them through little snapshots and that's what this game is it just happens to be bleak snapshots you know but you kind of 
you get a real impression of them, even though they kind of sort of vanish the second you do meet them. Um, but it feels wrong to sort of spoil any of the sort of specifics of their of their sort of deaths and things. But yeah. it's it's I you know I I saw oh, I was such a like magic game you know in terms of you just don't know what to expect and the room design is really um you know walking around this house you might think it sounds a bit kind of gone home esque but the rooms are like these perfect kind of encapsulations of what they were as people. Like they're quite themed. There was one where these these two brothers share a room. One half is all kind of space themed, and the other half is is I think army themed. And there's like a photographer and a, a kind of a daydreaming child, and you know that you just get this um, marvelous sense of plate of 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 people from the place. Yeah, um, one of the rooms has a lot of bird cages in it and books lying around. Yeah, and I think that's like the 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 eldest granny's room. Yeah, it's sort of, and it sort of slowly fills in this family tree, and they're a really good family. Like, really, you just get a, some horrible stuff happens in that game, though. That's, that a lot of it a, is like magical, though. It's like not they the, don't, the bit with the bath, the bit with the bathtub. I really don't <laughs> like. <laughs> but it's so like all the deaths. I never like. I felt a bit sad sometimes, but the deaths are never shown as outright deaths. It's like. It's the it's the video game equivalent of being unable to say someone has died. So you say, oh, oh they passed away. Oh, <laughs> they flew into the sky and never came back. Oh, yes, no, they find freedom yeah. in the, well, the sea. And you're like, they drowned, you know? There, there, there's the, again, not to spoil it, but there's the one which is sort of told through photography, which is more of a just a, a bleak, a bleak comic accident. <laughs> um, yeah. That's they're they're a good family though. What about you, Brendy? Have you got a good family? I think they're a top family. Um, they're a top family. Who's the second? Who who's the second family on your list? Uh, the second family on my list, I have put uh the Mishima family from Tekken. <laughs> <laughs> because the second family, and you're already clutching at straws. <laughs> the thing about no. <laughs> no, hang on. No, just hear me out. All right. The thing okay. about the Mishima family in Tekken is that every family, okay, has its traditions. Kicking Dizzy to face. Yeah, well, no, it's not as simple as that, okay? <laughs> I'm not but looking kicking Dizzy to face. Family tradition is important, okay? And especially so to the Mishima family, who, if you don't play Tekken, are basically like the main character family in Tekken. They're like. Ryu in Street Fighter, but instead of being, a, you know, a good-hearted champ, they're actually all terrible crime lords. <laughs> and uh, they have this family tradition where uh, if you defeat your father, you throw them in a volcano. And what? that <laughs> yeah, happens. Well, defeat your father in, like, what? It, like, do you challenge in, him like, to hand a fight? Hand combat. Yeah. First time he loses a game of chess, that's it, he's gone. So basically... In one of the very early Tekken games, there's the character Kazuya Mishima, uh, takes on his father Hayachi Mishima, who's a crime lord, um, and then beats him, and then kind of celebrates by throwing his body into a volcano, turning to the camera, and smiling coyly. And now, in all the other games, or in many of the other games, it's become this weird tradition where someone in that family will throw someone else from that family into a volcano. <laughs> it happens every other Tekken game. It's a hugely dysfunctional tradition. 
and it makes no sense because a lot of the people they just come back for the next game like right. they've been thrown in a volcano but it's fine they're okay they bounced i guess yeah and uh it, it just happens over and over again and i think that that's a very that's a very you know uh just a normal family gathering. <laughs> that, 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 but that's a, that's a typically familial thing to do, to just have this thing <laughs> that we all stick to, we all abide by. Yeah, no, I guess. It's like how your uncle let your other uncle tip um, into a bonfire. Yeah, exactly. That's basically, that's your version of the Mishima volcano. Now we do it every year. <laughs> Someone gets laid in a bonfire <laughs> for a bit. Just, just ignored for a minute or two. Just, just lightly roasted for a while. Um, so yeah, they're, how, they're big, there. how big is the family? Like, have they introduced other family members? Was it just yeah, father and son. Well, it started out father son, right? And it gets very, very complicated. <laughs> I'm not going to get into tech and lore, okay? But there is, there is a great grandfather character who shows up who had previously been killed, but comes back to life because of magic. Of course, um, mm-hmm. there's uh, like step brothers get you know illegitimate children, their grandchildren, like an eleven year old girl who's really quick but really weak. I'm guessing there are always um, fighting games, right? I mean, there usually is, yeah. But I think in this case, it's a robot. So, <laughs> of course, of course. Where does um, the panda fit into all this? Uh, the panda is not the direct descendant of the Mishimas. <laughs> I'm afraid oh, <laughs> that's, that's an unrelated true. panda. Because I'd love uh, to see one of those bad boys go in a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's actually why there's so few left. Yeah. <laughs> Matty just can't stop bumping. Yeah, I do. Them. I chuck them in. Whenever they're like, the pandas giving birth, I'm just like, great, more volcano <laughs> fodder. Did you hear the two pandas have just been born? I think it's in Berlin, so oh, I'm not sure. Done. Oh, interesting. We're doing them all. Well, that's interesting. Maybe I can pay a visit if I go to EGX Berlin. Uh. Um, I think the two pandas have been born there, and they have been called Hong and Kong, and it's caused a bit of a diplomatic incident with the <laughs> Chinese because they they don't appreciate this kind of subtle gesture towards the people of Hong Kong. Was it? Was it? I can't remember if it was pandas or another animal, but they. I think China gave to Scotland, I've probably got all the details wrong, but they gave an animal as a diplomatic gift to, I think, Scotland. But it was actually secretly a slight because they were notoriously a pain in the arse to look after. Oh, right. They so, just gave them a real asshole panda. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the like, Chinese equivalent of Eurovision Song Contest. Nobody wants it. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, well, we have to give them something. Let's give them something really, really awkward. They have to look after forever. Really grumpy, infertile panda <laughs> eats all the bamboos. It's like, we don't have bamboos. Well, you're going to get some. You have to get some, don't you? Also flame resistant. So you can't even enjoy <laughs> chucking it in a volcano at the end. Pandas, <laughs> the worst family members. The worst family tree. <laughs> okay. Um, any other families? Um, uh, recently... <clears throat> <clears throat> uh, recently, I was uh, reasonably taken with uh, Plague Tale Innocence, um, the the rat adventure, which has a kind of family at the heart of it, um, mostly just a brother and sister because the other ones all get like chomped on by rats relatively early on. <laughs> um, so you know, sp- I'd say spoiler alert, but it's it's the kind of setup of the game. Um, but that was quite noticeable, and I think Alice talked about this in her review, actually, Alice Bell, 
uh, that they're actually quite it's quite a good sibling relationship in terms of it's quite affectionate it's not too overblown the little kid isn't irritating you do kind of care for him um there's a bit of um like resistance of like an older sister not wanting to kind of play mother which is quite kind of nicely handled um because normally games get like particularly kids and sibling relationships can be a bit rot you know they're there's a lot of cliches that people rely on. Yeah, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I did a thing when Matthew said, I remember from, I think uh, I think she made a different post, separate post about it, Alice, saying that there is a non-annoying child. This is novel. This is fantastic. Yeah. More of this, please. Well, I'm considering the whole game hinges on you not wanting the child to get eaten by rats. Like, all... If they're irritating, you'd be like, go right ahead. That's actually, yeah, um, <laughs> that links me to a game I've been playing this week that's also about family. Oh, um, here we go. Yeah. Did I explain the game first or was it funnier out of context? It's probably funnier <laughs> to just explain that. You reminded me because there's an escort, the optional escort side quest in this where you have to, you find a family that have been killed and um, there's a, a little boy pop, pops up out of a box where he's been hiding, you know, kid in the box, normal. And he says, oh, my mum was in another cave because he's all in a cave. They live in caves, that's the thing. And he says, oh, you know, take me to my mum, please. Or the game says, take him to his mum, you fool. And then you think, okay, that's fine. I'm a hero. I can fight monsters. I'll open the gate and I'll... Where are you going, kid? Kid immediately just walks into this, like, legion of monsters. And it's like, well, I'm not going to... I mean, this isn't really on me. When you die, inevitably, <laughs> 15 seconds later. In, in principle, I should feel bad. But, I mean, yeah, you're a child. But you could at least jog a bit. And I'll just stroll casually through the... the the moors of this deadly un- monstrous army. It's just I love that every listener must be listening going, what game is this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Children of Mortar. Um that is actually reviewed it yesterday, I think. I forget what time is sometime. Um yeah, the basic idea is it's kind of hacky slashy uh, I want to say Diablo like, but that's not entirely fair. Um but it's that kind of combat where you've got lots of monsters and you just slash them all up. There's less it's a bit less click of a bit less of a click fest where you can just hold down fire and generally let your little character get on with fighting. There's less, there's not really any loot, there's upgradable stuff and there's money, but there's not so much of the Diablo thing where you're like, I need a marginally better piece of armor every 45 seconds. And so it's, there's got more, it's got a bit more momentum. And the basic idea is it's about a family who are the guardians of whatever. And um, you can probably tell by now I was not particularly into the plot. It was very generic, but um, <laughs> very, very nicely presented. Um, absolutely gorgeous game. Really nice sound. I just was not into it because the family in it, who they're guardians of goodness and all whatever, there's corruption coming down from the mountain, turn all the animals and the monsters into even worse monsters. And it's the usual, you know, the big evil is coming thing, essentially. And this family must stop it. Which is fine because that's the whole thing. Everyone in the family is a fighter of some kind. So the dad is your boring sword lad with a shield. The oldest daughter is the archer. Uh, one of the kids is a unstoppable murdered psychopath. He's fantastic. He's just like running around with two daggers, slashing everyone up. He gets faster and faster the more he attacks. His attacks interrupt the monster's attacks. He can go invisible. He's just like, he's just ridiculous. And, but yeah, even he could, like, he struggled with this escort quest where you go through these dungeons, these caves, fighting monsters, and at the end you'll kill a boss, and it's sort of procedurally generated, so now and then you get a little sub-quest 
if you succeed, you get a bit of XP and some gold and a power up of some kind. And some of so can your can your family members like die, and they can't, if the nobody, little brother die and everyone else be no, no sad. No, nobody dies. If you die, you just get teleported back to home, which you you do again and again and again because it's quite grindy, and that's fine. There are plot reasons for it, and it's it's very very wholesome to the point where I didn't find it sickening, but I did feel like it had no conflict to me, and um. Yeah, there, there there are lots and lots of cutscenes which are a bit slow for me, and they they tell the story of the family. You know, like uh, their eldest son has been out and about traveling and adventuring, and he comes back, he's wounded, he's been punching up the wrong things, um, he, <laughs> punching things is his deal. You know. Right? Yeah, he just he punched the wrong person or wrong monster, and then if you find herbs and stuff on levels, then more cutscenes follow where he recovers, and eventually he joins him, he becomes a playable character. And all that is nicely done, but I was just totally unengaged with the plot and the characters beyond their fighting stuff because it's just so... There's no conflict. It's got no... It felt like it had no underbelly. It was all just this nice, loving family, which is wonderful. Someone's got to die. That's because someone's got to die. I Yeah, I like the I like the, the, the dysfunctional families. I like the drama. Then there wasn't enough of that for me. Mm. Nobody fell in a fire. No, no bonfired faces. That's for the DLC. Well, no, not that I'm aware of. I mean, it's possible that... I mean, there are two massive pits right outside the house, which is a big, big mansion. It's possible that you know, family members who displease them just yeah. get turfed into the pit. I am looking forward to the Uncle Frank's bonfire <laughs> DLC. <laughs> Very um, niche, but... Are there... Uh, shall we keep talking about the things we've been playing or are there any other families that you want to talk about first matthew just uh, to get them off our plate I was, we... I was i was gonna throw very quickly uh brothers a tale of two sons oh, yeah. into the mix i mean Bong, that's also on the big <laughs> yes! list i'm the most cliched <laughs> member of the team they just aren't enough games about about families <laughs> yeah it's just yeah but brothers that's that's a good one about families it's a family going to save their family. They are a family throughout. They interact and, you know, do fun little things. It's been a while since I played it. <laughs> <laughs> fun. They have a real fun adventure. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're quite well realised, the siblings. They kind yeah. of like play, you know, playful and one's sort of slightly more hot-headed than the other and they kind of tell each other off. and One gets into a bit of trouble whenever... He goes off to try and get the ride. Yeah. Yeah, that's very good. Much better. I didn't like that one he made afterwards about the prisoners. I thought that was oh, you huge, mean... hugely disappointing. A way out? Joe Farah is the... the yeah, I like, yeah. I, like, I like that guy Spiel uh, in terms of around... You know, it's a bit of a character, isn't he? Uh, uh, but, yeah, the, the follow-up brothers I was quite disappointed by. I thought brothers was way more innovative. As that kind of single player co op game. Incidentally, um, though, uh, he made that way out with his own brother, uh, starring as one of the oh, characters fa- oh, in the game. Faraz Faraz. Yeah. Yeah. So families right. everywhere. Yeah, I like it actually, because he occasionally, because he looks obviously the character in games based on him, and whenever I see him in like, he's in like Westworld and other things. You're like, oh, it's that guy from that terrible co-op game. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> you know that allowed me. <laughs> I wish the other guy who played the other terrible co-op character was also in Westworld, just hovering in the background. 
<laughs> waiting for something to do. Cool. Um, yeah, there's lots of there's lots of good families. I had I'd, I'd, sure, I had some others in my head. I was going to talk about that messed up. Um, some of the messed up families you meet in The Witcher Three are quite good. Um, there's some quite good family quests about you know sorting out troubled marriages and brothers who hate each other and stuff like that. But uh, again, I'm a little hazy on the details. <laughs> it's been a while. We'll oh, we'll probably get some uh, readers, uh, hopefully, or listeners at the end suggesting some good families. Yeah, so hopefully, that'd be that. good. One did come to mind. It's not about family per se. This this kind of thing actually came to mind more than games about families. Games in which people their relationships with their families are uh, an element. I'm thinking in particular of a couple of visual novels, which is probably not particularly fascinating to talk about. The ones I'm thinking of the one i'm thinking of was valhalla in which you're a bartender who for the most part just listens to people chatting away in your bar and but you also have a bit of a backstory going on because you've got i'm trying to think about how much to say without kind of ruining it i actually reviewed it a few years ago but basically there's it's quite it becomes quite clear that the main character the player character is not really over her relationship with her ex-girlfriend, even though she's the one who ended it. And it gets into why she's not over that, because she can't... It was that whole situation where she didn't want to break up with her, but she kind of... They just... It wasn't working anymore, and they sort of had to. Um, and um, I will not spoil very much, but towards the end of the game, her ex's sister shows up, and her ex's sister is really unhappy with her, or with you, the main character. The way that was handled was actually really good. I was really impressed by that. And the whole game really is about that whole uh, trope of everyone tells their woes to the bartender, which I don't think is much of a thing in Britain, to be honest. I think it's more of an American thing, but that does happen quite a lot. And some of your regulars do talk about their family in quite a lot of detail. And that was handled really well. Like One of your regulars is called, I think, Alma, uh, who she has a big thing where her sister's going through a divorce and... Alma thinks that, she, that her sister is neglecting the kids because of that and they have a big argument about mm. it and you only hear about all of this second hand and that's what's kind of interesting about it, you don't have family drama really but you do hear about other people's family drama and right. I found that really interesting and I don't see that much in games either, when there's family drama it's usually you know, oh my dad needs to be rescued from the evil wizard or something. It's, it's the same kind of stories it usually is, but also they're your wife. Also, it's your daughter. And it's just, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just kind of an extra layer on top of an existing plot where it doesn't particularly matter if they're just your friend or your husband or your prized stamp collection. It's all just getting the thing back from the, the other thing. There's yeah. not a lot of explorations of the relationships. You know, they're not, they're not, that many games that I've played that are really about family relationships. Mm. No, you get the odd one, but mm. that's what our podcast is for, <laughs> to tell you what the good ones are. So I'll link to Valhalla, definitely. Um, let's let's crack on to what we've been playing. Senuary told us you're mm. playing. I'll see you then. Children of <laughs> <Bye. laughs> Um, What have you been playing, Matthew? I've been playing Gears 5. Ooh, that does look good. Uh, A.K.A. Gears of War 5. Um, which I, I'm assuming people know that Gears 5 is Gears of War 5. When I was looking at the title on the review on the site, I was thinking, does that actually jump? Like, would I know that that's Gears of War 5 if, I, if, if 
I hadn't been following just it. Change it to Of Wars Five. Yeah, maybe. But Tell even though they've removed Of Wars, there is still a lot of war in the game. I can confirm there will be war. <laughs> um, so don't worry. Uh, it also has a family at the heart of it because the they've basically done the old. Uh, well, I just know the old trick, but the, the the new trilogy of games is about like the next generation of characters. So you're like Marcus Phoenix's son um, um, in in the last game, and this one he's in it as well. Uh, but it kind of focuses on the there's a sort of trio of them. There's a JD, Kate, and Dell, and this one focuses more on Kate and her relationship with her mother. Um, I say uh, talking about the story is the first thing in Gears of War is kind of preposterous because the story's <laughs> like it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, Though I was saying, I was saying to Sin and, and the other people in the office earlier that um, while I don't buy into the like the story of Gears, you know, it's it's just not it's not really my cup of tea. I don't think there's a huge amount to it. Um, I, this one actually had some like world building stuff, which I thought was quite fun because it's it sort of breaks out into these two open worldish kind of hub areas. Um, that's probably being a bit generous to call them properly open worlds. It's not like Metro Exodus where you're you know, you can explore every inch of it. You know, they're, they're, they're more like big open areas with sort of five things you need to go to and you can kind of tackle them in any of or, in, in any order. Um, if you've played the Uncharted 4 or Uncharted Lost Legacy, uh, they had these sort of open areas as well. Yeah. And this, feel, this feels like a slightly more substantial version of that. It's kind of, it's more sort of, it's still like very cinematic, but it's a bit more, you've got this sort of skiff you can fly around in. Anyway... The second of the two areas is this sort of big desert region, which is kind of the kind of the Russia of the Gears universe. And in there, you know, so if you've got the kind of the Americans or the kind of coalition of ordered governments or whatever they're called, um, these are the guys they kind of had beef with and trapped. They sort of dropped a big bomb on them at some point. And so everything there is kind of dilapidated. All their weapons are a bit crappy. You find different weapons there. Um, everyone kind of hates you a bit. And it was quite sort of fun to sort of, see this world where because normally it's the humans versus the the kind of the swarm or the locust or whatever those things are that come out the holes um and you know in this one it was like there was some you don't fight people but there's you know there's there's sort of a, a human enemy human characters who don't like you as much and i thought that was a bit a bit more kind of novel by gear standards um but all that aside i i, I thought this was tremendous fun i thought i, I after Gears War 4 was very, very traditional, very conservative. It was just like a new team basically making Gears of War 1 again to show that they could be trusted with the series. This one actually has loads of ideas. It's, um, you know, the, uh, it's a cover shooter fundamentally. There's a lot of squatting behind waist-high objects. But the nature of those objects and some of the things that happen in the arenas are really, really fun and kind of creative, like, you know, there's a big fight in this like frozen lake, and you can shoot the ice away under people's feet, and then they get dunked in, and they freeze to death instantly. So instead of like actually fight, you know, trying to go for headshots and stuff, you're just sort of firing grenades at the floor to kind of dunk everyone in, which I really liked. Um, and an, a bit in a desert where these like lightning bolts are sort of hitting the sand, and where they hit, they create these big glass structures, which become new bits of cover, and it's it's you know does a very good job of disguising the quite conventional game that it is and such a good job that the whole time you're like wow this is really exciting and fun and feels nice feels very meaty very gory looks absolutely amazing um like some of the lighting effects and things are 
are stunning. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I didn't think I was going to. I, I, I've always thought Gears was a bit of a seven, a bit of a seven out of ten series. Like I wasn't really into it. Um, but this one, I was like, yeah, that's. I had a, a really, really good time with it. Um, and I haven't really gone into all the multiplayer and horde and there's like a, this a new escape mode thing as well. But you know, it's kind of whatever bit of gears you like you seem to be quite well catered for by this gears so you can kind of play a meaty campaign or the dig into all the kind of horde mode wave attack you know wave attack stuff and i played i played some of the uh i think it was the what was one of the modes you said not horde but the other one escape yeah well you you played at 83 yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah it's like a procedurally generated or like a, they're randomly generated dungeon kind of thing. I was trying to work out because there are like six they call them like hives oh, there's like there's six things that you're escaping from which made it sound like they were fixed things but then I think, I think the thing that you're escaping from seems the same but I just mean the levels felt like they were being built in different yeah, ways. Yeah maybe I, I like we were quite limited but you know because I was you know obviously to get the review out in time I was I was playing in in like a little review session so I only got to play a couple of hours of it. I was I was, I was struggling to kind of read exactly what it was doing with the levels because if it is procedural like the, the playing pieces are if it you know uh, quite limited you know i reckon yeah, you know, it, it, seems seemed, it seemed to be the same five rooms maybe in different orders i don't know but um yeah you're kind of escaping from a poison gas cloud so you've kind of got this time element chasing you but you've also got very limited you start off with a pistol and you basically have to kind of work your way up by killing enemies stronger enemies to get their stronger weapon and then turning that on the next stronger enemy so I, I, I was trying, because there's also a time element to it. You're trying to do it in the fastest time possible. And so it's kind of a balance of do you like snuffle around the levels for weapons that may get you through the next level, or do you just gun for it and hope you can execute people? I, I, I find still... it very difficult. I had to play through it with two French guys right. and th- who were better than me. And it just felt like they were like I was the character who they were holding up between each other's shoulders while they shot things on the way to the chopper. You were the young child in the box, basically. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's a a mode I don't entirely have a read on at the moment. I think the whole thing is that you can like unlock um, little skill cards at the end, and then you can upgrade those. So your character will gradually improve, so you'll get faster at it. But I think the big question is like how much you'll be able to sort of see and feel that character growth, you know, because everything I played, it just felt like the same thing over and over again. It does, but, sorry, it does sound like it's an interesting... Well, it sounds like what they're trying to do is change the pace of it a bit, because Gears of War was always quite static. You know, it was the cover shooter, like, you yeah. down. You, yeah, you advance, but you do it when you're ready to. Yeah, this, yeah there's definitely a bit of forward momentum to it. I know, I've seen them talk about it as a... They wanted a mode kind of like Horde, but Horde, you know, to play through 50 waves of Horde can take you like an hour, you know, an hour and a half. It depends how, how good or bad you are at the game. Mm-hmm. And this is like 15, 20 minutes. So it's like, they say it's like their fast, sort of their, their little fast challenge mode. But mm-hmm. I don't know if it's... Uh, it's all, I, I felt like the, the, the co-op relationship between the three characters wasn't quite as strong as it is in Horde, where you're, you know, in Horde you're trying to save each other and you're pulling each other up to kind of fight the next wave, mm, where this, you're so focused on, like, yourself and, like, the weapon you have in your hands and making your bullets count. I think you maybe lose some perspective of, like, the team, but 
that might just be because I was playing with like rando American games journalists. I don't know. I felt quite reliant on my team, I'll be honest. Oh, okay. <laughs> because they were helping me to not die. But that, I imagine a... that might be a question of uh, when you're new to a game, especially a shooter, yeah, you tend yeah. to be like that anyway. Like, yeah. So maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe that is. I was just sniffing out, but it's. Um, what, what I do like, there's it, this little cutscene at the start where the whole. There's an enemy in, in introducing Gears of War 4 called a Snatcher. It's like this big horrible spider thing, and it basically gobbles up a member of a team, puts it in its egg sack, and then you have like 15 seconds to shoot the egg sack and burst it out, because otherwise it'll escape from the level, and then that character will die, and then you'll just, you know, your your team will fail. Mm -hmm. But in this, because the idea is they're breaking into an enemy hive, so at the start, you throw the guy throws away all his guns, and then basically like kneels before the the snatcher and gets deliberately eaten to get taken into the heart of the nest mm-hmm. so he kind of puts on a gas mask that's the con- that's why you've only got a gun because you've been eaten by this thing and you've just have to kind of get carried in by I, I quite like that as a concept of like feeding yourself to this kind of gooey monster and then you kind of hatch out of its egg and set a bomb in its in its house which seems rude i mean that's that's not what i'd do if someone welcomed me into their home um, I'm saying that to all the listeners. If they want to invite me around for some cakes or whatever, mm. I'm not going to plant a toxic gas bomb in their kitchen. Which is... Then again, they probably don't have to eat you to bring you through the door. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. They have to wrap you up in silk and yeah. drag you They have to hold me in their mouths <laughs> and then spew me up and feed me Mr. Kipling. That's the relation. That's my dream relationship with our with the readers of Rock Paper Shotgun. <laughs> Don't know if people are aware, but the Matthew we put on the video is actually a body double. The real Matthew is a giant spider. Yeah, that's right. That's me. It's mm. very, very cramped in this room with the giant spider. But it is. It's he's already in today, so it's fine. <laughs> Should I tell you what I've been playing a bit of? Yeah, go on then. I've been playing a little bit of Ghost Recon Breakpoint because oh. there is a, a beta beta out. And me and Matt Cox played some shooty shoot. It's basically like Ghost Recon Wildlands, the third person run around uh, an open world shooting at boys um game yes okay uh, and it's a really buggy beer but uh it's it's okay yeah i i played some of it at a preview event recently and i think we had i think we were just playing like the final game as it were i don't think it was the same beta build and it, it had it had problems but i quite liked it how kind of clampsified is it is it like really really in your face with it it's what Mosh would call xenophobic whack-a-mole. It's quite uh, clancy uh, in terms of this is about, yeah, boys with guns and yeah, all yeah, the I guns have all the proper names and stuff. It's a little bit less clancy in the fact that you're not in Bolivia, the real country anymore. You're on an island called Aurora, which is, uh, as far as I know, not a real island unless no, Ubisoft have a, set up one. Yeah, it's a fictional place. Um, there, a and, on there, and, yeah. a forest. Uh, and if not, uh, why not? Right. There is a forest, and there's yeah mountains. There are swamps. <laughs> there are all sorts of uh, terrain because this is an island where there must be <laughs> mo- a lot of ter- you know terrain for us to shoot different things on to look a little yeah. bit different. But uh, so it's a little it's, bit less. I, I 
yeah, touchy. I'd say the way it's also less. Um... <coughs> oh, seven a cough. I'd say a way that it is less clantified is that you're fighting like a rogue soldier, like you're one of your fellow special ops soldiers has a private army, so you're fighting an American army. So it's kind of it's it's quite daft. It's quite a silly cinematic story. So the guy who plays the Punisher is like your enemy, and there's lots of cut scenes with him showing like how he went bad back in the day, and like you are my brother. People say a lot of stuff like that. You are my brother. Why have you turned on us? Um, And then you shoot a lot of people in the head. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a plot summary. Um, It it is basically uh, like a Heart of Darkness style. I'm going after Colonel Kurtz only. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, It's got... um, It's Wicks the Island is owned by this sort of tech company. Google. And they make all these. It's, it's, this, it's this weird. Gu- it's this guy called. He's called like Jace. Jason Scale. Jason Scale. Jace Scale, right? Jason. But every, we couldn't stop calling him Jason Skull because Jason Skull. obviously yeah. made it to sound like that. Yeah, the whole cannibal, the cannibal thing. Right? He's um. He he's he's made. He, he was like building this kind of like paradise. So unlike unlike the you know it's this tropical island, but it's also got kind of. Sort of suburbs and weird little things like that. It's got a subway and it's got. Yeah, it's got a subway. It's got an Odeon. It's got a pound shop. It's got boots. It's the, it is uh, the Google campus, but it's gone how, completely wrong. That's it's how got, Britain would do it. Isn't it? Like all these knockoff shops. Yeah. Slightly crap paradise. That's yeah. So it's basically a Google headquarters, except all their drones have gone like rogue. They've been turned by by the Punisher. I see. And so, like this is their big thing that. Instead of just shooting lots of men in the head, which is what Wildlands was for like a billion hours, <laughs> this has got the men that you shoot in the head, but it's also got like robot tanks and robot birds and oh. swarms of drones that can attack you, which are meant to be like the high level challenge to sort of mix it up a bit. Yeah, Did so... you fight any drones, Brendy? Uh, last night I was murdered quite summarily by a large tank thing it was called a behemoth to oh, be fair i did roll into its uh nest uh and it said this is a level 60 tank and you, you don't you're not a level 60 shooty man so you should probably turn around and leave and i said no game up there on that on that watchtower is a thing that i want <laughs> so i'm going to bring my team here they're going to shoot at it while I get the thing that I want, and then we can all die, and it'll be fine because I'll have gotten the thing that we want. So the tank politely asked you to leave, and you just still went in the murder. Yeah. I mean, so it just sleeps until you go loot. into its zone. It's almost subversive, actually, for a Tom Clancy thing, isn't it? It's essentially <laughs> colonialism, but the robots instead of like half the planet. <gasps> I don't really understand. I don't really understand the loot system, and I actually, I've sent, no. I've, I've sent it after playing the preview. I have got a. I sent an email to Ubisoft and I'm still waiting on an answer because it's got like the divisions like gear score. So you find guns, but they're statistically, they are the same weapon. So yes. a gun, a level one gun and a level 70 gun of the same kind, they are the same weapon. So when you go into an area and it says like, this is level 60, mm. it doesn't actually mean anything. I don't think like what they say from start to finish, one headshot will kill any oh, soldier. I'd like, yeah, I appreciate So that. Yeah. I, I, don't really know what the loot system is indicating like what what it means there's there's, it's there's so much about it that's really really messy like in the beta anyway that's it 
the gear score system I don't understand either. A lot of the menus are really messy and you can't really understand what bits of gun go on which guns. Um, <laughs> there's like uh, the mission screen is just this collection of boxes that you have to click through and look at and it says oh pin a mission to your little list of oh, missions. And I just cause... Oh, I don't sorry. get it. Like I just it's it's so hard to understand. But it, it's what it I is you're supposed it, to be doing somewhere. I think it's doing the thing that Assassin's Creed Odyssey did, where like it has like three like main storylines running in parallel, and the idea is that you can pursue any of them in, in in any order, and then they'll all kind of meet up at the end for the grand finale. Which in Assassin's Creed was kind of Odyssey was quite sort of fun. You could like investigate the mystery of your dad, and then you could do this other stuff with like the Minotaur or whatever. Saints Row Two did. Um, it does. But it they, does do that, yeah, because there are these little investigations, and I'll ask you questions like, "Who shot us down?" or you know, "What happened to this person?" and all this stuff. But yes. at the same time, I don't give a rat's ass because well, like it's yeah, a Clancy no, story. It doesn't. Yeah. None, none of it is worth investigating. Think, They're oh, just but, dudes but, but, to shoot. I actually there, there was there was a bit I played where like you basically can't leave the island because there's a mad army of robot birds that kill anyone who tries to leave the island, <laughs> which that's I think that's quite I think that's quite fun. That like, that makes more sense in when I often get this in games. I got this in Stalker, especially the third one. I was like, okay, so why am I still here? Yeah, that's, <laughs> I don't know. It's got a bit. It's it's like Tom Clancy meets Lost. Um, which I quite like this big smoke monster except it's these robot birds and there's literally a scene where they, there's these like people rowing off the island and all these, <laughs> these robot birds come back them to death and you're like oh cool it's supposed to be horrifying but actually I pretty- mean what I really want to happen is when you finally meet the Punisher at the end he's just got all the robot birds like sitting on him like some <laughs> mad bird man he's got his arms outstretched well, like Home the woman in Home Alone 2 yeah, yeah he's the bird he's the bird lady from Home Alone 2 and you they're drone by, birds you see him throwing like robot bird seed over him and they've got <laughs> yeah a little, little microchip or maybe maybe it'll be like Home Alone 2 in that the whole game we're scared of the robot bird man in but fact. he turns out to be the guy who whacks the wet bandits with a big spade you know yeah he's actually just sad because he had a breakup and because <laughs> his, daughter, his daughter's ill yeah. and that's why and you're like oh man and the real baddie was Jay Skell all along yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm now even more invested in the story of, <laughs> of Ghost Recon Breakpoint than I was before. So uh, how roughly do they have a release date, or are they expect November? Um, oh wow, that's no, it's uh, it's next month, isn't it? Oh, October. Wow. I thought it was, I was October. Next year. I thought it was October fourth. We may have to check that. Ooh, so um, interesting. It's it's soonish. Hmm. It's because um, Wildlands was absolutely massive. Like the year that came out, that was the best-selling game in, in the UK, I think. End of like I don't well, the I don't biggest really know. launch of the year or something. It was like some mega stats. It came out of like nowhere, and I don't think anyone cared about that game. It was like a mega a mega hit for them. This is what they say. I don't know, but I don't know. I don't know. I th- I quite I like the headshots. I actually quite like this. Uh, what the the thing which is sort of controversial about this one is that currently. That when you play by yourself, you don't have AI teammates, mm. um, and I quite like it because it basically turns it into a not as good Metal Gear Solid Five. That's all base- I thought while we were playing. I was saying this to Matt, like this is Metal Gear Solid Five, but it's just no, it's just not as fun. <laughs> but actually, but when you when you're by yourself, it is really like Metal. Like I, I actually, I had complete missions where 
you know, I did the whole loop of spying the base. I spotted everyone with my binoculars. Then I found a little route in. I was actually quite nervous about getting found out. And then I got out and I was like, you know what? This is this is actually okay considering no one else is doing that Metal Gear Solid thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then everyone was like, we're the IT teammates. And now they're, they're patching it in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we're gonna, but I, I think you'll still be able to turn them off. But it's just a typical... I don't know why people like them. You've got these... Um, in the in Wildlands, you could basically tell your teammates to aim their guns at three people, and then you'd all fire together in a sink shot and kill them. You know, and, and it was so overpowered, like you could stealth your way through like an entire army by just killing people four people at a time. Mm. And they've replaced them with because you don't have the people to begin with anyway. Uh, you've got these little robot drone, these little sink drones that you sort of send out, and then they sort of fly above their heads, ready to shoot them in the head, which I quite like. <laughs> So I wonder if the next one will be you just stay at home and just let it's all done through your computer. Oh, yeah. You're just sending your robots out to fight the other robots. I mean, that, is, that is what it would be. You know, if it was really going down the realism route, which yeah. they say, that's what they'd do. It would just be a really sinister drone drone assassination yeah. game. Wars would be decided basically on who went to the toilet the least often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Um, let's 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 start to wrap things up. I'm gonna see what our readers have said about families. Ooh. Better be good. We've asked, uh, which is the best family in games or the worst family in games? And yeah, Usi and Tomaj have both said Crusader Kings two for obvious reasons. <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um. Hard clumping on Twitter says uh, the worst is the family in the novelist. They refuse to talk to each other and leave long. I don't know what that says. Zanga notes? What does that mean? Of blame flinging nonsense just strewn about hallways in the house that this ghost has to then clean up. <laughs> Did you ever play that? That weird sort of. Oh no, it's, but I was reading about it a while back. I think it might have even been you, Brendy, who wrote something about it. Mm. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know, but that sounds good. <laughs> I like Ka- anything anything where I get to tidy up as a ghost. <laughs> uh, Catherine says the Crofts seem like a pretty bo- solid bunch. The bit in Shadow of the Tomb Raider where you play as a young Lara viewing her dad around the Croft mansion and finding his secret memorial room to your mum is very touching. Ah, that's reminding me of one of the games that I didn't play it enough to really talk about, but Knights and Bikes has... It's more about friendship, but yeah, the central character, she's a little girl who lives with her dad and there's some some family history going on with why her mum isn't around and that was really sad, um, but really sweet as well. But they they seem like a really nice family. Because yeah. even is now, only two of them. I mean, yeah. Um, Tom Cleaver has put a picture. I think this is, is this Boys? Earthbound? What is this? Earthbound, yeah. Yeah? Where you've got a, it's a picture of the family members. We've got Tracy, <laughs> you've got Ness, you've got Mom, you've got Rex, and they're all just standing there, little people, little people, little sprite people, and little sprite dog. And then Dad is a little sprite phone. Yeah, I thought that was a family tree layout, and I was just really oh, Dad, what a phone <laughs> and a dog gave birth to these three characters. One of which is also their mom, which is <laughs> a little bit troubling, and I'm not sure that's actually possible. But yeah. Uh, yeah, you only ever talk to your dad on the phone in Earthbound. He's like a, he's like an absent father. He rings you up. I think you ring him up to save actually. Oh, maybe <laughs> that's what well, he rings up and he's like, "Hey, sad. son, how's your adventure going?" And it's um, 
Yeah. Radio support. I think the director of that game may be working through some stuff. Was the woman, the, the radio support person in Waking Mars, Liang's daughter? I can't remember. I think they, but they, they were quite nice, but they, they weren't really, there wasn't a lot about them. They were just, they had a scene, they seemed very warm with each other, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was nice. Scrumpy Frumpington yeah. has put a picture of uh, the DeWitts from Bioshock Infinite, as in <laughs> Booker DeWitt and Elizabeth, and <laughs> I've just said, someone below has just said the Comstocks are a terrible family. <laughs> the Comstocks are a confusing family. Imagine trying to draw that family tree. Yikes. <laughs> it would have to be four, like 4D. <laughs> Someone at the bottom has seen has just told us to record a podcast about Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint game and then all the hashtags about Tom Re- about Ghost Recon. Well, part of it was, so I guess. Uh, I think we should go back and delete that part. That's uh, I'll edit really it all out. Just because we're daring rebels. Oh my not. God. Is that a Ubisoft account? Yeah, <laughs> Talk about Breakpoint. Listen to podcast. Don't talk about Breakpoint. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. The, the fa- yeah, some of uh, uh, frowny cyclops s- suggests the of Rivia <laughs> family in The Witcher Three. I really felt like I bonded with Siri when we stole a bunch of horses together in the middle of the night. That's that's night. She's quite weird, isn't there? The thing in The Witcher, like he sort of like she's like his adopted daughter. Uh, there's this like weird. There's this weird rule in the Witcher universe can... where, like, if someone. If you do a favour for someone they can't pay, or if you do a job for someone they can't pay, they have to, like... I'm, 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 I'm definitely ballsing this up. But I think they have to... There's something like they have to give you the first thing that you see that they own, and, like, Geralt sees this baby and gets Siri. <laughs> like, he gets her from some bizarre... I, I, I've, that is definitely wrong. But he definitely gets given her <laughs> because lie. of some weird arcane law of the Witcher universe. I would lie. I would, no, I didn't see the baby. What baby? I saw. I that, said, no, that I was. Gold. I was looking at your TV. Yeah. Your Surely screen. you can just like <laughs> fluff it and say, "Oh, I saw the blanket that the baby is wrapped in." Like, yeah, come on. Yeah, I don't want to just... yeah. Goodness. Unless he's just like maybe he's not horrible. Is he sterile no. though? Oh, I can't remember. Is he sterile or am I getting? He's sterile. Him? Yeah, that's why he's not a daughter. But maybe he's, that would make sense if he's. I would be like. Don't look at the baby. Don't look at the baby. Oh, oh, that Toblerone. That's I. That is so wrong. How I described whatever that. that No, I think I'm going to Wikipedia now to change it. (laughs) Um, Who else? Let's see if we can find one more. Alvaro Thalassinus says the father of Racketeer. He dies full of debts and forces <laughs> forces his daughter to do child labor for a shitty fairy. <laughs> <laughs> Story of our lives. There's only a good point there, though. That actually, that's a problem with games that, not a problem per se, but like a, one of the reasons I think a lot of games where there are family members, they often don't land because you're just kind of expected to care because, oh, look, that's your sister. That's your, like, yeah. Okay. Whereas games where you actually play alongside them and you, you bond with them in some way, like you, the, the player, you, like you value them in some way as uh, as an active part of the game, that tends to have a bit more effect. Yeah, yeah. F- Fire Emblem series is a really nice thing where it has, um, some of them anyway, have this like time jump where the characters you play at the start, you then play as their children in the second half. 
So like, and or you've, you place their children alongside their parents, mm. and they've got like the traits and the stats and things of their. Fo- so you know, you're kind of, oh, I gave birth to this character. This is my, you know, yeah. you're a bit more invested if they get like a big old spear through the face. God, imagine if XCOM did that kind of stuff. <laughs> that would be good. Has that, yeah, has that, that would be an interesting thing. Like a alien war told with big time jumps. Oh, I thought you meant like someone just suddenly had gives birth on the battlefield. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Take it to the, the aging chamber and program it for sniping. And <laughs> yeah. You couldn't go into Overwatch with that thing kind of blaring away in the background. You'd be like, shut up. Um, okay, yeah. let's, 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 let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Um, we're going to end now. We do this thing now, though. We have to give some recommendations that aren't games that you oh, yeah. want people to check out. It's going to be books or movies or food. I don't know. <laughs> um, I am. It's it's a little bit. It's a few months old now, but that's okay. Uh, I'm going to recommend Money Heist on. Uh, Netflix, which is a Spanish bank robbering, bank robbering, bank robbery thriller. Um, I think it ran originally on Spanish TV, and then Netflix bought it and kind of chopped it up a bit. But they've made the new season three. Um, I think it's just it's the best bit of like thriller TV making I've seen. It's in, like every episode so taut, amazing twists great cliffhangers a really charismatic mastermind called the professor who's this incredibly attractive <laughs> spat i know it sounds naff but he's this like incredibly like nerdy but attractive spanish dude and he's very he's just so slick and he he's like the whole thing you know it's it's like a you know it's a big big old series like 20 hours and he's got all these bits in motion he's spinning all these plates and you never really know what his master plan is until it all kind of comes together or doesn't come together and and um, yeah they've just put out the, the first half of the next season on, on Netflix and it ended on just such a big like cliffhanger and I just can't wait for the next one it's just it's like like a bit prison breaky in 24 in terms of that kind of thriller sort of drive but it's so classy might be because of the whole Spanish language thing it just sounds like you know things sound smarter when you're reading them don't they <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah you should get on that brenda you should watch that as cool. uh, you know you'd, you'd you'd enjoy it i have been told yeah uh sen you got a recommendation i have i have not actually i've only watched the first season um for reason but i yeah i've been watching also on netflix greenleaf which is a drama Actually produced by Oprah Winfrey, and she's also got a, a small plot, critical but small part in it. And I didn't, I don't have a strong opinion about her. She's actually quite a good actor. Um, but yeah, Greenleaf is about a large family who run a, a mega church in America. Who I, I'm not sure its denomination is. If I say gospel, it might be Methodist. I'm not sure. I, as far as I'm concerned, it's a Protestant church, and American ones I'm not at all familiar with. So, But it's one of those mega, mega profitable, big money uh, church organisations, right. and the family run this church. And the main character is one of the daughters who's been estranged from her family for a long time, but she left, and she's come back, uh, at, as it happens, through the influence of the Upper Winfrey character, who's, I think, an aunt or a cousin. I, actually, I think it's her aunt. But... Um, it's really heavy drama, but it's really good, and it's all about family again, and intensely so. And I, 
it was not so much for me, but I recommend it to my mum. She absolutely loves it. Uh, she grew up in a very, a, a pretty strongly Irish Catholic family with a lot of brothers and sisters. And that's the kind of family. Uh, obviously, it's American and they, they're actually all black, but it's obviously a similar kind of... There's obviously a lot of parallels. Mm. It's all about power and politics and the complications of family. Like the, And what it does really well... I mean, there's, one of the main plot lines is about abuse within the family, and it's heavy, heavy going. But it it really nails the kind of the complex and really conflicting loyalties and obligations and love and anger and old resentments and all this between the characters does that really well and there's a really really interesting bit uh the main i think i can't remember i think it's keith david the actor who plays like the deacon the uh the bishop sorry he the head of the family the head of the church he's not a saint he's obviously he's been up to some dodgy stuff he's arguably a hypocrite because he's preaching christianity and he's sitting on tons and tons of money but he's a an interesting character he's not a monster at all there's a bit late on in the series where somebody asks him if he believes in hell and the, the answer he has for that is i've never i'm not personally religious i grew up catholic but I, whatever but i do find people's beliefs fascinating and i find theology really interesting and his explanation of how he can reconcile the concept of an all-forgiving god with the concept of a hell his reconciliation of those two was the most interesting explanation for that that i've ever heard wow and it cool. was and what i liked about it it wasn't an intellectual exercise it was rooted in empathy and him trying to imagine what it is like if after you die and really impressed by oh, that sounds great really good scene really good cool. series. i'm up for that i'm gonna recommend fo- something dumb though there's, there are. They do have the traditional uh, volcano fight, but <laughs> okay. you, don't, you don't see that. It happens off screen. Uh, sorry, Brendan, interrupted <laughs> you. Yeah, I'm gonna recommend something dumb to make up for all this <laughs> cleverness. Uh, I watch sometimes a, a YouTuber called Skateboard Bruh, <laughs> spelled B R U H, and he's this uh, Dutch skateboarder. And he just does little skateboarding videos, but he has this one like playlist of videos where he delivers Uber Eats on his skateboard, and he attaches a he attaches a a, a GoPro to his head basically, so you can see point of view him skating, and he he has like a little counter in the corner for how much money he's made and how much time it's taking him. That's that's surely and a video game in the making. It's it's so much fun. It's just it's just like quite calming or something or soothing just watching a guy like skateboarding around and he tells you about Amsterdam as he's skating around and going oh you know these are the canals this is the cycling path there's another video about the cycling path which you should watch it's just people eating whenever they fall off the cycling path (laughs) and all this stuff so um I really like uh I really like his shtick his whole thing it's very like laid back and I don't know what's, it's very, it's compelling. Like the videos are like 15 minutes of a man just going from one address to another on Uber Eats. <laughs> but it's good. Nice. Sounds funny. I'm going to watch both of those things. <laughs> Sweet. All right. That's it. We're done here. Let's disband this family and yep. go back to our much in- less hot desks. <laughs> Um, you've been listening to the Electro- Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotgun, the only podcast you need. Uh, I want to say thank you to Sin and thank you to Matthew. That's all right. 
And yeah, we will see you when we see you. Bye. Bye. Bye.